It was an overwhelming urge, a passion to do horrid things, things that would make his beautiful mother cry. He longed to call his mother a whore. There, now that he'd thought it, the word filled his mouth, bulged his lips, and almost burst out into the room. Had Julio been born to a legitimate wife of King Rudolph, the entire Habsburg Empire would one day be his, and his alone. Whore. His left eye began to twitch, and he pressed his fingertips against it to stop the spasm. Julio watched the silhouette of the beating rain, the heavy drops of water licking the glass. The shadows painted trembling patterns against the bare plaster between the tapestries, as if the veins of water were boiling instead of near freezing. Suddenly, the winter light illuminated his mother on her bed, a radiant spear of sunshine lancing through the window, piercing the heavy gray clouds, if only for a few seconds. Julio studied her profile, the perfect white skin and rounded bosom that had enchanted a king, filling the nursery with bawling children. Her eyes looked like aquamarines set in wet glass. She inclined her neck to study her glossy black hair, which was hooked around an ivory comb. A servant entered with a message from the king. Julio bent his head once more over the fantastic illustrations, his hand over his eye to still its spasm. He traced the green cascade of water as it ran through cylinders, just like the maiden's bathing barrels, only bottomless, and then splashed into a pool where the naked women frolicked. Or did the barrels look like the segments of a telescope, Galileo's device for studying the heavens? He must write down that idea. He started to reach for the stack of parchment across the table. Ah, benissimo, cried Anna Maria, scanning the note in her hand. Your father is going to pay a visit. Julio's hand froze in midair. The king is coming? Now? The skin around his eye began to jump even more. He quickly gathered up his papers. Yes, dear. Now behave and make me proud. You know he dotes on you. Try not to act so odd, tesoro. Mother, he is ill-tempered with me. No, no, Julio. He boasts of your future by his side. You will one day help him govern as Lord of Transylvania. He has told me so. You must indulge his humors. His melancholy too often colors his vision. You are his treasure, filio mio. There was a sharp rap on the door. The king, the servant said, stepping aside. Rudolf II entered with a sweep of his long cape, a feather jauntily stuck in his velvet hat. He smiled slowly at his beautiful mistress, reclined on the bed, combing her long black hair, her jewel-green eyes beckoning him. You look ravishing, Anna Maria, he growled. Leave us, he snapped to the servant. The man bowed and backed out the door, the heavy latch clicking into place. Now, said Rudolph, striding to the bed and throwing her ivory comb to the floor with a clatter. I will tangle your hair in such passion, no comb's teeth will chew through the knots. Rudolph began to unlace his breeches with eager hands, his eyes never leaving his mistress. Wait, your majesty, please, did you not see our Julio at the table? Rudolph turned. He saw Julio with a quill and ink pot and blotter, and quires of parchment. The king stifled his lust with an exasperated sigh. He lay back against the silk cushions and studied his son from his mistress's bed.
He waited for his passion to cool. Even a king should not disgrace himself in front of his children. Julio, his firstborn and most beloved son. The child had inherited the handsome looks and passion of his Italian mother. Rudolf had doted on young Julio and spoiled him with a generous allowance, the best tutors, horses, expensive clothes, and a collection of valuable clocks. The king had noted with satisfaction Julio's fascination with the clock's intricate workings, spilling their metal guts onto the parquet floors of the palace nursery. Part of his genius, so similar to mine, thought Rudolf, was this facility with mechanical reasoning. The king had spent hours watching his little boy play, puzzling over countless tiny parts, deeply absorbed as he dismantled and reconstructed the clocks. But Julio was hunched over something on the writing desk. It was not a clock.